0: On November 4th, 2018, a group of women have an overnight sleepover. That morning, a woman is found dead in the yard. Was it an accident or was it something more? You're listening to the Mysterious Bruise podcast, and tonight we bring you the case of Tamala Horsford.
1: To a deep, dark, dank, wet basement. Because all it's doing is raining.
0: Dude, this rain like
1: four days straight. Thank you, Hurricane Laura and Marco for
0: sending the deluge. You, you gotta respect two thousand twenty, man, for just keeping it two thousand twenty. I mean like
1: two hurricanes. Who had durable hurricanes on the on their yeah, card?
0: Yeah. Who had double hurricanes for August? Like, come on, man. Like, this shit is getting ridiculous.
1: It's like a resume that just keeps one up in itself.
0: Yeah, like, seriously.
1: What's the Saturday Night Live guy that habitual, he was a habitual liar?
0: Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> that's what I think of every time. Yeah.
1: 2020 is him.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the ticket. Yeah.
1: See? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, big news! Uh, we have completed the order and sent payment for the T-shirts. So hopefully, fingers crossed, you received them the week after Labor Day. I know that this is taking some time, but we are just winging this one. But got some text messages from our Arkansas investigator about how he's going to be rocking the merch, and we really do appreciate him supporting us and. That's pretty awesome. Keeping up with us. The other thing we are maintaining on the Patreon front, we've had some upgrades. Some people are upgrading from $3 tiers to $10 tiers and $10 tiers to $20 tiers, and we appreciate each and every one of our patrons.
0: Nice. Still ain't seen none of that money. (laughs) (laughs) And you won't. (laughs) Come on, man.
1: But anyway... We are number 178 in Mexico, Apple Podcast.
0: We're going to have to bring, we're going to have to do, we're going to have to do these people right. We're going to have to get a case on Mex, in Mexico, but most importantly, let's get to it. Whoops. <laughs> um... <laughs> Tonight, we are drinking GoldenEye 007 IPA from Cherry Street Brewing Company, which happens to be in Cumming, Georgia, directly the same exact town this case comes from.
1: Not often we can do that.
0: Well, and luckily, Cherry Street happens to be an excellent freaking brewery. They have won many awards, and it's delicious.
1: It's quite tasty if I do say so myself. Mm -hmm. So, any shout-outs there for you?
0: Oh, yeah. We had two pretty good shout-outs on Twitter. I was pretty happy with. We got uh, a tweet from Ashley Cotcher. I hope I'm saying that right. She said, Loving the podcast at Mysterious Brews. I'm only on episode 11, and I'm addicted. 10 out of 10, would recommend. That's awesome. And then one of our Nice and great followers, magenta or magenta. I really hope uh, one of those is right. Probably not. You killed both of them. I got both of them. Both of them are right. <laughs> Somehow, <laughs> uh, she says she's been seriously slacking this week, listening to her podcast after starting her new job. But she couldn't miss at mysterious brews at a morbid podcast and at going west pod. And just to be included with those two, that's pretty excellent. That's pretty awesome because those are two very popular True Crime podcasts. So we appreciate it, and thank you so much, and keep on listening.
1: All right, not a whole lot this evening for us, but we're going to jump into this one. To say this case is controversial is putting it extremely mildly. But on November the 4th, 2018, Miss Tamla Horsford was discovered dead in the backyard of a coming Georgia home where she had been attending a, quote, slumber party with other, quote, football moms the night before. That's kind of strange. Like, she was 40 adult years old. slumber party. That's just weird. And a mother of five. Yeah, and we need to go ahead and tackle this one straight out of the gate. <laughs> Everything you read or you listen to about this case says it was an adult slumber party with football moms. Basically, these women knew each other from their children playing football incoming or for South County. And it is actually a birthday party and the lady was being responsible and told them that if they were going to drink, they either needed to have a ride home, someone to come pick them up and drop them off, or they could spend the night. So, Tamla arrived at the party around 8.30 p.m. She had previously made dinner for her five sons and her husband before heading out to celebrate the birthday of Jean Myers. Myers had invited a group of moms who were, as I stated earlier, football moms to spend the night not wanting anyone to drink and drive. Tamla arrived with a bottle of tequila in a small overnight bag and changed it into a white onesie pajamas, covered in paw prints shortly after she arrived. And there is a very famous picture of all the ladies on a big couch that we will post, and you can tell they're all just having a good time. However, the party was supposed to be just women, but Meyer's boyfriend, Jose Barrera, and Tom Smith, the husband of another, another woman attending the party, ended up sticking around. In the end, the group who is infamously known as the Forsyth 12, included nine women, two men, and one husband who, according to police records, only dropped off and picked up his wife. Of these 12, eight were planning to spend the night along with Tamla. During the evening, the women drank, socialized, and watched a college football game upstairs in the residence, and that college football game was the great LSU-Alabama game of 2018.
0: Who won that game? Was that LSU? I hope it was LSU.
1: (laughs) Probably wasn't, but I hope it was. Uh, Barrera and Smith would go to the basement and watch football down there while the women stayed upstairs. Tamla was the only smoker of the group and would regularly step out to the balcony to smoke. She also smoked a, a marijuana cigarette that evening. But Myers asked her to stop, and according to Myers' statement to authorities, she had teased Horsford, calling her the quote, female Bob Marley. And she reminded her that Barrera, her boyfriend, worked as a pretrial officer and did not approve of anyone smoking marijuana at the house. After the games were over, Barrera and Smith joined the women upstairs, and everyone played Cards Against Humanity.
0: I love that game,
1: it's hilarious.
0: Especially if you've been drinking. I, no, like, we, my wife and I bought it. We heard it, he was like, it's a raunchy game, blah, 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 blah. So we bought it. It arrives, my mom happened to be visiting. And we're like, hey, let's play this game, you know? No. <laughs> no. My mom, <laughs> so the, the first card we played, and my mom played the, like.
1: The best line ever? It was
0: horrible. It's my mother. And it was like, uh blank, that's how I want to die. All right, so we, we turn our cards in, and it was going balls deep in a wild hog while shooting a rifle into the air. <laughs> that's how I want to die. I was like, my jaw was on the floor.
1: Mom pulled out the zinger. I was
0: like, and she's just like,
1: Will was the best one. <laughs> like, dude. Way to go, Mom. Like,
0: I was like, like
1: <laughs> There's things that I don't want you to ever like, say.
0: Yeah, like that shouldn't that should never uh never come out. That should never never ever be spoken of again. But I just put it on a podcast, so she's probably gonna kick my ass over it. <laughs> Mom, I'm sorry. <laughs> no. But the world the world needed to know.
1: So there are photographs and videos taken during the game of cards against humanity that show tamla smiling and having a good time according to those photos videos and even witness statements tamla didn't appear to be extremely drunk that evening despite drinking tequila most of the evening authorities and the coroner would later explain that tamla's blood alcohol content was significantly high and by significantly high
0: it was 0.238 that is really fucking high. Yes. Like, that's high.
1: That's three times the legal limit in the state of Georgia. Guests who were spending the night began to leave around 11.30 p.m., while those who were staying started heading off to bed over the next couple of hours. According to interviews conducted by the authorities, Tamla was still awake after Myers and Barrera headed to bed around 1.30 in the morning. The last person to see Tamla was Bridget Fuller, who was picked up by her husband at 1.47 Fuller would tell authorities that Tamla was eating a bowl of gumbo and had said that she planned to smoke a cigarette and head to bed.
0: Now, over the next... I love gumbo. (laughs) This is the best, like, Cajun food is the best food, man. Yeah, it is. Especially in New Orleans. They know what they're doing down there. Yes,
1: they do. I've never had bad gumbo or anything in New Orleans. Over the next 10 minutes, the home security system registered the back door opening, closing, then opening again for the last time at 1.57 a.m. Sometime around 8.45 a.m. the following morning, Madeline Lombardi, which is Meyer's aunt who also lived at the house, headed into the kitchen to make her some coffee. She would tell authorities that she would see something odd through the window that was looking into the backyard. And it just so happened to be Tamla's white dog printed onesie. She would then notice that it was Tamla, face down in the grass, not moving. Lombardi headed upstairs to find Myers, telling her something appeared to be wrong with, quote, her friend from the islands. And, little sidebar there, Tamla was born in the Caribbean but moved to the U.S. when she was 11. Just before 9 a.m. on November the 4th, 2018, Forsyth County 911 receives a call. On the call, both Myers and Barrera talk, and quote, the call, one of them states she's not moving one bit, she's not breathing, she complete she's completely face down in the yard. She is stiff, Barrera tells the dispatcher. She was drinking and there's a long pause. It looks like I'm guessing maybe she fell off the back balcony. Myers says, and we will play part of that 911 phone call for you now.
2: Forsyth County 911. Hi, yes. Um, I, I need an ambulance and a place to my home. What's the address? Four four five zero Woodlake Court. Four four five zero Woodlake. 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 Okay. Forty-four fifty look Court. What is your name? My name is John Myers. J-E-A-N-N-E. Okay. And your phone number is six zero nine. Yes. Yeah. Okay. What's going on? Um, we had people over last night. When we were drinking. Most of us went to bed. One of them stayed on the balcony. She was drinking. And we just went out there outside and she's laying face down in the backyard. It looks like me. I'm guessing maybe she fell off the balcony, but she's stiff. Okay. Is she breathing? I, I don't know. I don't know if she's face down. Okay. How, how, how old is she? 41. Here, hold on. Hey, this is Jose. Brea. Hey, have y'all checked to see if she's breathing? she's not moving one bit. She's not breathing. Um, okay. I just try to assess her Tesla. She's completely face down in the yard. Um, she is stiff. Okay. Um, do you know if she, um, um, do you see any blood or anything where she? Uh... Are you there? I am. Okay. I was not... outside. It's okay. I'm not sure what happened to there for a second. Do you see any blood or anything to where from where she fell? Um, I, I don't know if I should move her over. I mean, she's completely focused on Okay. I mean, can you just check and see if she's breathing? If if she's not breathing and you, and you know she's gone, then just leave her where she's at. If she,
1: okay. Now, a little asterisk by the 911 call, there is a redacted spot in this 911 call. Really? Yes. And according to some things that you read, and there's a couple of podcasts that touch on this, it's all conjecture about what is in the redacted part. And that will lead to even more controversy. Now, there are people out there that point to how odd... Myers and Barrera sound on the 911 call about how calm and collected they are. See, again, we... We go over this every time we have to talk about... You
0: just can't judge somebody by that, especially if you've never been in that kind of situation. But even if you have, you don't know how somebody's going to react. You just can't... Like, you can't build a case around that.
1: No, and you can't place your opinion and how you would react on someone else you can't project that
0: because i mean i can tell you how i would react and that's badly yes i'd be freaking out but then people would say that
1: you're overreacting exactly yeah, you,
0: yeah. so you can't you're not going to be able to please oh, he's anyone. a bad actor i mean look at him he just, he's just he's freaking out and crying and he's making you want to make make you think that he cares like you can't satisfy anybody in this like
1: Anything in that situation.
0: No. Well, you can't satisfy anybody any damn way. No, you can't.
1: Unfortunately, Tamla was pronounced dead at the scene, and her body was sent to the GBI crime lab for the autopsy. Forsyth County Sheriff's Office began to work the case on the theory that Tamla's death had been an accidental fall from the second-story outdoor deck of the residence. This theory was worked despite not having the official autopsy report. The case remained open for nearly four months and on February 20th, 2019, two weeks after the state of Georgia Medical Examiner provided their final report, Forsyth County Sheriff's Office made their official determination, which was accidental death. They would point to the toxicology report, which tested positive for THC and Tamla's blood alcohol content at .238. That's a, that's a lot, man. Now, like we stated earlier, that is just shy of three times the legal limit to drive in the state of Georgia. And that level of blood alcohol content is usually associated with blackouts, loss of coordination,
0: and even vomiting. I assure you, if my blood alcohol is that level, I am not. I am no longer present. Yeah. I may be moving, I may be walking, I may be talking, but I can assure you that I am not there. <laughs>
1: No. (laughs) The Forsyth County Sheriff's Office determined that marijuana and alcohol use likely contributed to the fall and her ultimate death. They also noted the door alarm log as well as an unlit cigarette and lighter Barrera said that he found on the upper deck. Together the investigators found that this evidence suggested that Tamla went out for a cigarette sometime around 157 and accidentally fell
0: to her death well, what is what is kind of strange is if the, the 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 distance to the ground from a second floor balcony that's not that high
1: I think 12 I had read anywhere from 12 to
0: as high as 20 now feet. And when people are intoxicated, like they tend to be very loose. Like any I've, you know, me being the morbid and crazy dude that I am, I read a whole lot of stuff about fucked up shit. And one thing I read about if you're falling from a great distance, and let's say you're skydiving and your parachute don't open up, there's ways to try to make your um your survival rate go from zero to like four percent you know like oh and one of the things is loose be loose go limp somehow go limp when you hit the ground because when you tense up that's when you get hurt so a drunk person that drunk's going to be loose when they fall and 12 feet that's not that far i swear to you when i was 21 years old i was in the on a second floor balcony i stood on the railing and did a swan dive, did a belly flop onto the ground and was completely okay because I was that intoxicated. So that's kind of suspect. But on that same token, we have covered the Janie Ward case.
1: She fell 18 inches, she, 16 inches?
0: Well, however tall she was.
1: Well, the, the deck that she yeah, fell the from. The deck
0: she was on was 18 inches off the ground, but she fell straight backwards off of it. I mean, that's not... considerably shorter of a distance and she died yeah so we just you just don't know
1: so the autopsy report according to the gbi showed that tamla suffered from blunt force trauma to her head neck torso and extremities including abrasions to the face four types of hemorrhages in the skull and brain dislocation of the right wrist and cuts on her arms and legs Additionally, she suffered a broken neck and laceration to the right ventricle of the heart. According to the incident report written by lead investigator Mike Christian, Tamla's body position was also examined at the scene. In quoting him, Most notable when Tamla was turned over was the fact that she had come to rest face down. Her head had not been canted to one side or the other. Tamla's legs were found extended behind her, both feet pointing to the right, and her right arm close to her body. Her left arm was found extended and bent at the elbow. Now, some glaring questions that we feel like that we need to go ahead and put out there, and then we will get into the oddities. The questions start with, how did a woman with that high of a blood blood alcohol content appeared to be in control of her facilities, according to all the interviews as well as videos taken that night, yet managed to fall over nearly a four-foot railing and into the backyard.
0: Well, listen, we've spoke about this before on our Best of, Worst of. That episode where we did the the flight, I don't remember recording it. And to me, when I listened to it, I didn't sound that... Right, no, you sounded... I, I sounded fine and okay. i have no memory of the the episode none so i don't think it's too too crazy to think that when the last person saw her she had control maybe she had drank and it hadn't hit her yet you know maybe you know what i'm saying like oh no i agree maybe it probably wasn't all in her system to begin with at the, at that moment so maybe she did seem like she was okay you know as well as
1: just about anyone else that you can be fine one second turn around to go do something and it hits you right square in the eyes oh yeah absolutely that's what happened <laughs> that's, that's what happened with that episode so the other questions are how could a house full of people some asleep for less than an hour not hear tamla fall to her death right outside their windows
0: they had all been drinking she people. hit the ground, and she hit the grass it's not gonna make a i mean how loud could have it been
1: and if she's that drunk she probably didn't she make didn't a scream noise yeah yet. she probably
0: didn't scream and it ain't that far of a trip down no
2: so,
0: you're talking if less you're that than a second. If, if you're that intoxicated you're probably not even gonna realize you've falling right until but like yeah they're like, well how could they not wake up they they were drunk people were drinking
1: they had stayed up all night yeah drinking.
0: And again, like, well, and she did want to drive home. They, She wanted to drive home. They, And they talked her out of it. But, and people may say, well, her blood, she was she was way too intoxicated to drive. Maybe once they decided, once they talked her out of driving.
1: She continued to drink. She said, fuck it. I'm here. I'm going to drink. I'm going to drink. Y'all ain't going to let me smoke. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The other question was, could a 15-foot fall... Cause not only death, but a dislocated wrist, broken neck, and laceration to her heart muscle. I will, the first two, I would say yes. Uh, It could definitely do that. The laceration to the heart muscle, I have no, and I'm not, knowledge of, and I'm not going to even attempt to explain that one. But, if you fall, you could easily dislocate your wrist, even if you survived. If you fall the wrong way... From that height, you could easily break your neck. So, again, you know, there are these questions. Uh, I don't, I, you know, are are just questions that we found that we felt like we should include. Another one is why wasn't the scene preserved, evidence tested, or potential witnesses interviewed immediately? Now, on that one, I will say that not preserving the crime scene. Not taping it off, taking everything, documenting it, that is a little suspect. But again, I don't know what protocol is for the Forsyth County Sheriff's Department. The other question, what really happened when the back door opened just before 2 a.m. and why was it left open until the next morning? It could have been, and this is just conjecture on my part, it says that it opened, closed, and then opened again. And that last opening is where it never closed. This could easily be explained as she opened the door, turned around, closed it, went out to smoke. She finished smoking, walked back to the door, opened it, then realized that she forgot her cigarettes and her lighter, which was found on the deck upstairs. And then it's anybody's guess to what happened after that. So take that with a grain of salt. Now, the big question. Would this investigation have gone differently if Tamla wasn't a female black person at a party with all white women?
0: What do you mean? The investigation itself? That's
1: the question that was posed. Huh. Now, and I'm speaking only for myself, and you can chime in at any time, but...
0: Just got a new... Sweet. Just got a new review. Excellent, man. Real time, guys. Yeah, y'all are getting it when we do. (laughs) do
1: Yes, it is suspect. We'll do it at the end. Yeah. It is suspect. But I feel like, especially now and back then, we are quick to point out racial undertones that may or may not have been present in that group of people. Could there be some racial motivation after her body was found? Sure. Well, I mean... The article that I read said, would her investigation have been conducted any different if this party had taken place at a... and the roles were reversed, and it was a group of black women and one white woman fell to her death? I would hope so. I would, in my upbringing and the way that I raised my son, I would hope that that is the way it is. I know that that is not always 100%
0: accurate. Well, here's the thing. This case, what happened is a perfect storm for controversy. Yes. Because of the situation at the house, and the location, the part of the country that it happened in. Because this this happened in Cumming, Georgia, or Forsyth County. My wife happens to be from there. She's the best thing that ever came out of that county, by a wide margin. But if you're not familiar, as most, most people aren't, Forsyth County has been known as a sundown town. Meaning, if you were African American, it would be in your best interest not to be in that town when the sun goes down. It's been a very racist town. And that's not an opinion. That's a fact.
1: That is a proven,
0: well-documented... 1912 riots and lynchings, and they ran all the African Americans out of town. Uh, very. Oprah Winfrey went and did an episode. Yes, with a Klan member. With the Klan members in coming Georgia. I mean, now, because that is the case, because that's the location, automatically people are going to jump all over this. These white women killed this black woman. But... <sighs> I don't know. I don't know, man.
1: I don't either, but I don't want to make this case completely about race. Yes, some woman lost her life, and that is a tragedy, whether she was black or whether she was white. And she left behind five kids and a husband. It is an unfortunate set of events that we will unfortunately not know the answer to, even though the investigation has been reopened.
0: Well, here's the deal. All right. The woman was friends. Tamla was friends with the homeowner. They were friends. They knew each other from football. Their their sons played football together. So if if the homeowner was racist, why would she invite her over in the first place?
1: And if she if the homeowner was racist or any of her friends were racist, Tamla would have known immediately.
0: Well, th- that's that's what I was about to get to. If Karen one of the friends Karen over there, she's a racist, that's just the way she was raised. No. No. You gonna let Karen know like if I'm the homeowner and I know that well, first of all, I wouldn't be friends with a racist anyway. But if I happen to know know somebody that I mean, from my hometown, they just happen to be my friend from high school and think Olive Garden's fancy and never moved out of town, you know, those yeah. type of people. <laughs>
1: they get dressed up and go eat at Red Lobster.
0: Yeah. Like, the and they drive all the way to Dalton to do it. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> I would be like, listen, Karen, I know your racist dumb ass...
1: Is going to probably say something and you're going to be asked to leave. ...is
0: ignorant as fuck. And if you say something to my friend, I'm going to either beat your ass or you're going to be asked to leave. Yeah. And I would tell Tamla, Tamla, be like, look up front. Listen, I just want you know, know we're we're good. I love you to death, but stay away from Karen. She's an idiot. Yeah, but bless her heart, you know that yeah. whole southern there thing. You go. Bless, bless her, her heart. heart. Yeah. So, I'm what I'm trying to say is the homeowner's not going. to, Was Joan? I believe her name was Joan. Yeah. She's not going to invite Tamla over if she herself is racist. Yeah, she's not going to be friends with her if she herself is racist. Yeah and she going to have her racist friend put on notice. But I I mean I researched all kinds of crazy things. Like these women purposely got her over there to to murder her. Purposely got her drunk to, to it it just I would be the first person if I believed this was racially motivated. I'd be the first person to say it because I absolutely despise racism in all forms 1000%. I believe that I hate almost everyone. But I, equally, equally, I do not hate anyone based solely on the color of their skin. Exactly, I hate you because of your character and right. your behavior. It has
1: because you're a damn idiot. That's why I hate you. I don't hate you because of a predisposition of your skin color.
0: It has nothing to do with your skin color. So I would hate you if you were green. I don't <laughs> think this is racially motivated. However. What they do after the case, after the incident, is very suspect, but it could be them trying to cover their ass.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: And it could be incompetent police work, or the police themselves could be slightly racist, or whatever. But I don't think the people in the house...
1: Set out to purposefully kill a black woman.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Now, when we get into the theories, maybe the boyfriend was rebuffed. Maybe he tried something. She, so, Possible. But I don't think they killed this woman because she was black.
1: Yeah, I agree, too. So let's get into the controversy. And we're going to jump in head first to the deep end. So friends and family of Tamla have expressed doubts as to whether sh- her injuries and the position of her body could be the result from the fall off the balcony. They want to know, are the injuries to her hands and arms defensive wounds? This would suggest perhaps an altercation before either going over the balcony or being positioned in the backyard. The incident report from the Forsyth County Sheriff's Office shows that lead investigator Mike Christian's initial theory was that Tamila had experienced a fall not from the deck, but from the ground due to landscaping edging that matches scrapes on Tamla's shins. According to his report, Christian only brought the balcony fall theory to Dr. Andrew Koopminers, associate medical examiner with the GBI, after the medical examiner explained that the injuries suffered could not have been caused by a ground-level fall. In his final report, Koopminers concludes that it, quote, appeared as though she may have fallen from the deck, end quote, ultimately ruling that her injuries were consistent with those received in a roughly second story fall. Potential evidence may have been compromised or even missed. The crime scene was never secured, and Barrera told investigators that he touched the body, saying he moved Tamla's leg while trying to figure out if she was alive. He also states in his interview that he found and moved an unlit cigarette and a lighter on the deck before he saw the body. Now, I have a problem with this one because supposedly, according to the aunt, she is the one that alerted Joan about Tamla being in the backyard. Why Mr. Barrera would go up upstairs, out the door, and look over the balcony instead of going straight down to her body is where I have my question. Since police believe the death to be an accident, no evidence was ever fingerprinted. Barrera states on the original 911 call that security cameras were installed and pointed at the backyard. But guess what, boys and girls? Anytime we bring up security cameras,
0: Guess what happens? They're all blurry and shit? No, they're not
1: (laughs) fucking working. Shocker there.
0: (laughs) That doesn't seem suspect at
1: all. No. The batteries were basically dead and the cameras were not recording. It's not like the hard drive was missing or the whole thing had been erased. Now, yes, that is suspect. But, looking into it, could it have been one of those things where the batteries were dead and they had just decided, we're not buying batteries right now? That could be an easy explanation. But who am I to ponder such questions? During the autopsy, neither a sexual assault kit nor fingernail clippings were collected, and GBI Public Affairs Director Nellie Miles would explain to Rolling Stone magazine in their article, about this case that these steps are not routine and weren't taken in this specific case because there was no indication of foul play. The GBI's Division of Forensic Science also declined to test the contents of the bottle of tequila that Tamla had brought that evening. Miles would go on to explain that it is standard policy not to test for illicit substances when the possible suspect is deceased as their would be nobody to hold accountable if they were to find drugs present. Now, police didn't do themselves any favors in this case. According to the incident report, Deputy Christian brought his theory that Tamla experienced a ground fall not only to the medical examiner, but also to Tamla's father, Kurt saint jure The family could not understand how Tamla could have died from a ground-level fall And when Tamla's husband later asked investigators about this theory, the confusion it caused, the investigators agreed it had been a mistake to hypothesize to the family early on. Quote, we probably have created part of a mess here, Christian stated. We had an idea of what happened, which was absolutely wrong, Christian said about the Groundfall Theory. What I should have done probably was keep my mouth shut and not spun any theories. I 1,000% agree with him. You keep your mouth shut until you know for a fact you do not give families false hope or any kind of hope in a situation that you cannot back up with hard evidence. I agree. I agree, agree, agree. And I will have to say this. He may be a piece of shit, but just what (laughs) I I have read about Deputy Christian. Oh, yeah? In this, in this case, I feel like he is a man of character because it takes a lot to go public with those statements. For you to go and air that to news media, to print media, and say... I screwed up. I should have kept my mouth shut and not said anything. That takes a huge, yeah. huge step on his part.
0: Um, and I commend you not don't, you don't see that. that. You don't see that very often. You don't see that hardly at all. Yeah. They don't. They don't, they don't backtrack on anything. Yeah. They're too prideful. You they're
1: almost, and I tip my hat to deputy Christian. Hopefully he is not a piece of shit and he is a stand-up guy. The balcony theory didn't answer all of the questions surrounding the case. Stacy Smith, who was at the party, told police roughly two weeks after Tamla's death that she doubted that Tamla could have fallen. Quote, I don't get it at all, she would tell police. Quote, I mean, I've been on that deck like a million times, like I've looked and I've tried testing a theory that a drunk Tamla had leaned over to vomit but gone too far, and I don't understand
0: it at all. End quote. Well, I mean, there wasn't any vomit.
1: Yeah, I think that's the other thing people are saying that she could have tried to lean over to throw up or
0: which that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and then just lost her just like lost she's her blackout balance. drunk. But
0: yeah. yeah. But here's the thing, if you're that drunk and of course this is a way big opinion, just from personal experience. You're not even going to lean over.
1: You just going to throw it.
0: You just go I mean, you're not even going to lean over it until it's time to do it.
1: Yeah, cuz you're swaying.
0: Yeah, you're not going lean over and think about it. You're gonna throw it up. So the fact that there was no throw-up... Yeah, that kind of shoots a hole in that theory. But, I agree with you 100%. But, I mean, though. but again, that is... P- complete who, who the hell knows? Yeah, no nobody. I mean, no, who who knows, you know.
1: Officer Sexton sympathized with uh, Stacy's confusion, but continued to stick to the fall theory. In quote, I mean, like you said, that she leaned over, was trying to throw up, or thought she was going to throw up. Maybe... She sat up on the rail and was smoking, he says, quote, or just who knows. Stacy maintains that Tamla wasn't acting sick despite her high blood alcohol content. This is also supported by other statements as well as the videos and photos of the night in question. In Bridget Fuller's interview with police, And she was the lady whose husband picked her up at around 1.47 a.m. that saw Tamla eating the bowl of gumbo, just to refresh your memory. (laughs) She explains that this may be due to Tamla being a, quote, seasoned drinker and says that it would have taken a, quote, enormous amount of alcohol to knock her on her ass, end quote. Diane Kulavaris, a friend of Tamla's, said she still has many questions I just got several inconsistent stories from the people at the party. The accident theory just doesn't make sense to me. Not when everyone
0: said that she was fine.
1: But again, you're going to get different stories. There, because well,
0: the, well, I mean, well, everyone says she's fine. But again, there's there's a there's a an amount of time between the last person to see her and her falling.
1: Yeah, and I think we they don't, said
0: you don't know how much more she drank. You don't know how much she had drank when the last person saw her. Well, it takes twenty minutes or so for stuff for it to hit you. We've all been in a situation where we're okay. Yeah, and then we're not. And then all of a sudden. Yeah, i I helped a buddy of mine
1: move, total sidebar. I helped a buddy of mine move and we started drinking at lunchtime and I got home at nine that evening. We drank thirty beers. Over eight hours and didn't eat, I should not have been okay, and guess what when
0: I got home, the fifteen or sixteen that I had said hello yeah um <laughs> yeah, I mean again, going back to the 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 plant the flight twenty one eleven twenty five eleven that shit jumped all over me. I had not had an excessively large amount, but it just hit you. And like we stated it hit me like a ton of bricks. You just don't I mean honestly, you think you have a gra- you have a good idea of how alcohol's going to affect you, but on occasion, you just don't know. Yeah, you don't. Like you could be I mean you're drinking, drinking, drinking and you're fine. All of a sudden, boom, you're done. You can drink too and be just oh man, that jumped on top of me. I don't know what's going on. It just what it depends on what you had for dinner. Depends on if you're on an empty stomach, or your blood sugar. I mean, there's so many other there's so many factors to it. So she could have literally been okay.
1: Yeah, she could have been and that's that's what I was gonna say. I think we stated that and I think it's in the Rolling Stones article, I think that John and Jose went to bed at like one thirty and then I think Stacy is it Stacy? Let me make sure I get this right. Yeah, Stacy, who saw her eating the gumbo at 147, says that she appeared okay. That right there is almost 20 minutes. So right after she says that, according to the security log thing, it says that the door opened and then closed. I mean, we're talking almost 30 minutes. So she could have easily gotten just punched by all the alcohol she consumed. And again, we don't know how much she consumed. Right, we don't after. know what was... Yeah, we I mean, don't know if she had two or three shots before she went to smoke the cigarette. I
0: mean... And tequila, boys and girls, Well, tequila you. I don't drink that shit. I drank an entire bottle of tequila when I was a sophomore in high school, and that was a huge mistake. And well, I haven't drank it since. I'll tell you one
1: even worse than that.
0: It's been 26, uh, 22 years. I haven't
1: drank tequila in 22 years. 25 years ago, a buddy of mine, my roommate from college, came home with me for a New Year's Eve party, and he brought a bottle of 1,800, the big one. And in the bottom of a bo- that big of a bottle of 1,800, what appears to be a quarter of an inch is a lot of damn tequila. Mm-hmm. And we poured it into a Dixie cup, and we halved it, and downed it and then we decided it was a good idea to go shoot bottle rockets at my neighbor (laughs) and i took one right to the piece of skin between the bridge of your nose and your eyeball oh wow and the last thing i remember is my daddy saying hell no we ain't taking him to the hospital there's enough alcohol in here we'll all go to jail (laughs) So again, we don't know how much was left in the bottle, how much she had to drink beforehand, all of that stuff.
0: All right, so I mean there's just there's just a whole lot of um gray area for that. There's a lot of variables that you yeah, can't variables. That's the word I was looking for. There's a lot of variables for. that we can't account for.
1: That's why we, we're so good, man. We finish each other's sentences. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so back on track. Uh, in February of 2019, Jose Barrera, the court officer and boyfriend of the homeowner, was fired after he used his position to illegally access Tamla's incident report and name record for Myers via the records management system database in Forsyth County. Now, this came to light as part of an ongoing conflict between the so-called Forsyth 12 and one
0: of Tamla's close friends, Michelle when Graves. I mean, and Mrs. Graves, of course, that's her friend. She lost her friend, and she's going to fight for justice because that's what a good friend would do. And she believes wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly, that she's doing the right thing. And I, I mean, good for her. Good for her. But
1: that was a dumbass move on Jose's part. Oh,
0: absolutely,
1: one hundred percent. You're an
0: idiot, boy. Well. And again it could Yes, that was a very stupid thing to do, but man, he just maybe he wanted to know if
1: Right, I I it could have been
0: they knew something he didn't or right. if they were you know, you know what I'm
1: saying? He I, may have looked at it to see to maybe am I a suspect or but again, yeah.
0: it's very stupid. It oh, totally stupid, but it's a stupid thing that I probably would have done. But I'm an idiot, so There you go. There. <laughs> <laughs> From one idiot to another. <laughs> yeah. that was my favorite when i was responding to tweets and somebody was like i need a new podcast and please don't let it be two white guys that are experts and i was like well we're the podcast for you buddy because we're not experts (laughs) (laughs) i said because we're not experts as a matter of fact we're
1: morons (laughs) so in late february seven of the individuals of the forsyth 12 including Myers and Barrera, sued Graves for defamation, pointing to Facebook... Back, face back. See, I told you, man. It's that silver tongue coming out. Dude, you are... Ooh, I'm I killing mean, it tonight. You are... professional. I'm just saying. I am in awe. You should be. Pointing to Facebook posts accusing <laughs> them of being responsible for Tamla's death. That lawsuit was dismissed, but they have appealed, and during the appeal, Myers and Barrera both dropped out of the suit ashlyn harris who has advocated for the reopening of the case and is the organizer of the original change.org petition to have the case reopened claims she has been targeted for publicly criticizing the four south county sheriff's department she alleges harassment by this agency in november of 2019 a coming police officer detained harris while looking for three men involved in a car accident Calling in a Forsyth County Sheriff's Office deputy to help with the investigation. Harris was cleared and let go, but went on to file a complaint against the officers involved. He was later exonerated by coming Police Chief David Marsh. Harris says her harassment issues with Forsyth County Sheriff's Office continued, and later that same month, deputies from the Sheriff's Office showed up at her home with a warrant for her devices based on the suspicion that Harris sent an accusatory anonymous email to one of the individuals present the night of Tamla's death. Now, we're going to pause there for just a second. What the actual fuck? How did a judge sign off on that? How? How the hell can you go before a judge and convince him, well, I think she wrote this anonymous email? How the hell did that happen? I don't know, man. What the fuck? I'm not like 1984, but that's bullshit. <laughs> What email? (laughs) Harris denies pinning the email and has now sued Forsyth County Sheriff's Office Detective Jeffrey Rowe and Sheriff Ron Freeman for civil rights violations. I hope she wins because that's horseshit. Absolutely. The Forsyth County Sheriff's Office would not comment on, quote, pending litigation, but stated that it was not them, but the Cumming Police Department that had initially detained Harris on November 15th, 2019. Despite all of the questions and harassment, the Forsyth County Sheriff's Office and the GBI have refused to reopen the case. Until celebrities like 50 Cent and T.I. and Miss Gabrielle Union. Can we just take a moment?
0: Do we really consider T.I. a celebrity? He's actually pretty smart. I didn't say he wasn't smart. I don't know if he's I a just celebrity. don't know if he's famous anymore. I don't know either. Why did you, you say it like that? Why did you think I was saying he wasn't smart?
1: Because that's the way you said
0: it. I don't even know the guy. And
1: Kim Kardashian. You know when a Kardashian gets involved, um, stuff's going to get started. Yeah, well, I, I don't care anymore. now. Uh, yeah, I don't either. If she told me that she loved my favorite food, I might stop eating it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Anyway, all them (laughs) folks, they began going to social media and posting the change.org petition to reopen the investigation. And it became viral and more than 600,000 signatures had been given to the petition. During this quote call to arms, a Tampa lawyer representing Tamla's family, Mr. Ralph Fernandez, released a letter summarizing the findings of his review of the evidence. And he concluded that, quote, homicide is a strong possibility, end quote. And he points to the abrasions on Tamla's arms and hands that he believes could have been defensive wounds. He also cited conflicting witness statements and issues with the initial investigation, including the unpreserved scene where Tamla's body was found. What bothered him the most was the lack of autopsy photos, a practice he characterizes as quote, unheard of, end quote, and likely done at someone's discretion or direction. Now the autopsy photos would become a very hot button topic. After Mr. Fernandez's letter, the Forsyth County Sheriff's Office and GBI released statements to the local news station, WSB TV Channel 2 in Atlanta, claiming autopsy photos were taken and they stood behind their original conclusion. In response to this information, Fernandez released a second public statement on June 12th that included records of multiple failed attempts to secure the said autopsy photos. Wow. Based on the emails Fernandez released to the public between himself and the Forsyth County Sheriff's Office and the GBI, his request for the autopsy photographs appear to have been ignored, even though... His other requests were fulfilled. The GBI confirmed that autopsy photos were taken and claimed the the holdup was related to a missing release from Tamela's next of kin. Fernandez is extremely adamant that this so-called release was not even brought up until after he went public. Wow. Yeah, they're not doing themselves a whole lot of favors. Not at all. And for the GBI to even be in that as well and here's another thing and we didn't touch on this at the beginning there's a huge thing on line and anything you read about this case about how long it took for the GBI to get the autopsy report back to Forsyth County Sheriff's Office let me explain something to you people back in 2018 I just so happened to be one of the lucky few to get grand jury duty in the county that I live in
0: yeah it Do- is lucky man oh it was awesome it- that, oh, I mean, okay. for like,
1: and this is before we even thought about doing a short. Podcast.
0: Short sidebar. I'll, I'll, I don't mean to interrupt, but I got chosen for jury duty. Ju- ju- <laughs> ha ha <fucker. laughs> Jury duty one time, and I'm in the jury pool, and this is the case. It is drunk and disorderly in public. Yes, drunk in public. Uh, vandalism. And profanity towards the cops. I forget what exactly they called it, but basically, the dude got drunk, told him to fuck off, made an ass of himself, broke a window, and told the cops to fuck off. And I'm sitting there going, "Oh, I'm all over this. Let's do this. I'm this guy's getting away with this. He is not going to. They wanted a year in jail for this guy. His lawyer dismissed me. How do you look at me?" <laughs> And say we don't want him on this tr- jury. I would never send someone to jail for a year for something that I would clearly do in a heartbeat.
1: And probably have done.
0: No, I've never told cops to fuck off. That's That's a damn truth. I've broke some windows. I've made an and some furniture. I've I've made an ass of myself a time or two. I would have never sat in a jur- in a jury room and said guilty. Never, not in a million years, and his lawyer dismissed me. I was
1: so. Are you saying there would have been eleven angry men at your angry ass? <laughs>
0: yeah, and I wouldn't have budged. We're hung, boys. I'm like, dude, I'm on salary.
1: <laughs> See, I'll take as long as I'm you on want.
0: salary, and I'm on I'm on jury duty, so I'm gonna get paid no matter what. Let them sequester us. <laughs> we can sit here. We can sit here until I get arrested for drunken disorderly. Anyway, go ahead. You drank grand jury duty.
1: So, yeah, I was on grand jury duty back in 2018. Actually, was it 2018? No, it was 2019. So this even goes further to solidify what has happened in this case. We are probably halfway through our grand jury, whatever you call it, because it's multiple. I think it was two and a half months that I was on grand jury duty every Friday every friday oh
0: it wasn't every day no shit no
1: okay okay something happened and there was a case brought up and it was like a case from like i want to say it was like early 2018 and we're we're talking like the last quarter of 2019 when i had it and so one of the jurors asked the district attorney and said you know miss d.a why is this just now coming to grand jury? And she told us that basically the GBI got screwed back in 2019 or, or late 2018. They only had two forensic scientists. Jesus, for the whole state? For the GBI. That is insane. And they reviewed cases and, and looked over evidence. Well, they had decided, both of them, that they would look for other employment And then they quickly realized, hey, if we go to the private sector, we can double our salary. And so they both said, deuces, we're not working here anymore. So there was a huge backlog at the GBI. And I want to say it was something like 18 months backlog. So that could explain why it took so long for the autopsy report to get to Forsyth County. I'm not saying that is the case, but that I know that is for a fact. For a fact, those two said, "Uh, uh-uh, we're out." Yeah, well, yeah, well, you hold
0: a lot of power when you're the only two. <laughs> and if you both decide to say, "Screw it," they ain't much they can do to you. Then we're gonna teach these guys one hell of a lesson.
1: You ain't working me eighty hours a week, yeah. paying me nickels and dimes. Yeah, bet they treat the next ones pretty, pretty good. I bet the next one's got a big old pay raise. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: All right. So back to it. So while Fernandez has yet. To see the autopsy photos, the Forsyth County Sheriff's Office did respond to mounting pressure. And on June 12th, just a few hours after Mr. Fernandez released his statement addressed to both them and the GBI, the Sheriff's Office announced that they had formally asked the GBI to take over the case and open an independent investigation. It is a win for Tamla's family and friends who just want to see answers for the woman they loved. And... Her mother, Miss Elizabeth Potts, would quote, or would say, and I quote, people gravitated towards her energy and her warmth. Everywhere she lived, it was her home that became the house that all the neighbors and the neighbor's children congregated at. And this is in an article by Rolling Stone magazine. And I highly suggest this article. They do a great job. So now we get into theories. And we've kind of danced around couple of these already The two prominent theories are it was a total accident and then the other one is more darker and that these white women decided to kill a black woman that they uh, were all friends with
0: yeah they uh, they weren't all friends Tamela was friends with the homeowner uh, you know, we've seen some, rec- we in our research, we've seen that they were all football moms, blah, 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 it was a football party. Not really.
1: It was a birthday party.
0: It was a birthday party, and she pretty much only knew the homeowner, Joan.
1: Hopefully, we have expressed the facts of the case unbiased. And for the theories, we have talked in depth about how it is possible for that amount of alcohol to not sneak up on her, but to hit her all of a sudden.
0: Well, you know there is another case in its own um, HBO Max. There's a documentary, and I do want to cover the case at some point. But the documentary is called "There's Something Wrong with Aunt Diane." Yes, Diane Schuler yes. and the um, the uh, the. I'm trying to remember the name of the highway. But she drove on the wrong side of the road at over 100 miles an hour and had a head-on collision and killed like eight people. And her blood alcohol level was around that same level as Tam was.
1: And nobody knew.
0: Nobody knew that she was um, intoxicated. She stopped at the store, looked normal. She spoke to people, sounded normal. And the only indication that something's wrong... Is the where they got the name of the documentary was the 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 niece niece, yeah yeah, the niece called her father and said there's something's wrong with Aunt Diane we don't know what's wrong with you know so it is possible to have that much alcohol in your system and still seem okay it is not common and it's not likely but it, it has happened and it's possible.
1: I would like I think the only questions that I have that I would like answers to would be someone to sit down and explain to me how the injuries that were noted on the autopsy report coincide with a fall from that height. What what kind of railing was it? Could she have scraped her knees or legs... That way, could she have fallen into shrubbery? They said something about a garden edging that matched uh, scrapes on her shins. Did she fall and then not die immediately? You would think she would from a broken neck. But, you know, the the whole injuries around the autopsy report is where I have my questions at. I, I honestly do not think that this was... A modern-day lynching I just don't I don't know what happened on that balcony I don't know what happened that evening nobody does
0: this is where I stand on it regardless of what happened after maybe they were covering their ass maybe they whatever occurred after the fact I don't think the woman died because she was a black woman I just don't think that's what happened yeah I don't either Could we be wrong? We definitely could, but do I think something screwy went on? Absolutely. Could it have possibly been just an accident, plain and simple? Maybe, but I just I just don't think she died because of her race in this particular case.
1: Yeah, and like we said before, we will flat out say.
0: But I mean, again, it's again it's our opinion, and we've we're. we're wrong about a whole lot of things.
1: Yeah, and basically we're not going to go out and say 100% we believe this way, 100% we believe that way just because this case is so controversial. What we would like to do and hopefully I will remember to do is put a poll on our social media when this case airs and let you, the listeners and our followers... Vote what you believe. And this may be a case that we come back to because as of this recording and all the research I've done, the GBI has taken over the case and they will reopen it, but there's not a there's not been a definite time frame set to when that will occur. So with that, we conclude our Tamala Horsford case and we get into recommendations.
0: Already? We're not even going to... You know, we're not even gonna. What we gonna give our opinions? What do we think? You gonna abstain from that? Well, I think we pretty much covered it anyway. I don't know what happened, but I will stand by the fact that, in my humble opinion, she did not die because she was black. Period. I just don't see that being the case. But man, I've been wrong a million times, so who knows? But. Okay, so let's do recommendations, and then i got a question for you.
1: I'll <laughs> kick us off. And it is a new podcast. Hopefully, their first episode is out by the time our episode drops. And that is Cigar Store Idiots. <laughs> this is a friend of mine, and he has decided to stick his toe in the podcast I like world. the name, though. I do. You can... Um, they have a facebook page at cigar store idiots podcast and as of today he has a cool emblem for his podcast oh i like it uh the first episode is going to cover who was better at the vmas kurt (laughs) cobain or axl rose
0: uh kurt cobain hands down Kirk especially because MTV told him specifically that they could not sing "Rape Me," and he started to play it. He played like ten seconds of it, and right before the words start, he switched to the right song. So you know, like there's somebody in the backstage's butthole was just puckered,
1: and they were trying to cut
0: the feed. so this guy did it, we gotta get it, and then oh, okay. But uh, my recommendation—I actually posted it on our Facebook this week, so if you saw it. Uh, I would appreciate it if you would give this gentleman a follow is a YouTube page called desert Destinations is a channel devoted to visiting old mines abandoned places Mysteries desert landscapes of the Southwest and Las Vegas and if you do happen to Subscribe to it and watch these videos which are pretty interesting and you recognize the voice It's because it is our friend of the show Gary Sudbrink. It's his channel it's his new channel, so please follow that. He emailed me, not email, but he texted me a link to it, and I'm just blown away that he's keeping contact with me. That's awesome. He's As fanboy as you were, dude, man. I, I'm telling you, man, that's, he's awesome. I am.
1: He is. He's a great guy. He's down to earth. Yeah, he, good he's, dude. He's emailed us stuff. He's talked to us candidly. He keeps in contact, said we did a great job, so we hats off to Mr. Sudbrink. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I
0: truly appreciate him keeping contact with me. I got his number saved in my phone and everything. So when he texts me, I know exactly who it is. I'm like, oh, man, it's old Gary again.
1: <laughs> all right, so your question <laughs> of the evening.
0: All right, I want to know, just a quick thing. To to No way in hell this is just to stretch the time out.
1: No, never.
0: Ne- we'd never do that, but I'm really interested. I want to know your top five football movies of all time.
1: All right, so... My top five, and I will go in order because no one starts with one when you give a top five.
0: I swear to God, I will unfollow your YouTube channel if you have a countdown channel and you're like, number one is the first thing you say, I'm out. But no, But
1: Everything after that is useless.
0: Yeah. I don't want to know your number one first. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> My top five, and I will go with number five, is
0: water boy that's a great movie number they got all them teeth and no teeth right. <laughs> Your mama is wrong <laughs> number four rudy that's a great movie number if you don't get choked up oh i know What, rudy rudy all i know about rudy is it is based on a true story But when they, based is the key word. Loosely. Loosely based. And a lot
1: of people that went to school then do not like Rudy.
0: Yeah, like Mike Golick is like, that shit didn't happen. Mike Mm -hmm. Golick was a freshman when Rudy was a senior. And he's like, that fucking shit didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) So, But it's a great great movie. Great movie.
1: What number was I on?
0: Uh, That was your number four.
1: Yeah, that's right. All right, so number three,
0: Little Giants.
1: Oh, he's holding a pound of Aunt Betty's nut butter.
0: Dude, I'm a huge Giants fan, and I was as a kid. So when that movie came out, I was first in line, baby. And I'm a huge Ed O'Neill fan who happens to be a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Get out of here. I swear to God, he is. Sweet. He is my number one with a bullet celebrity I want to roll with. I want to- Not Joe Rogan? I, no, Joe Rogan would beat my ass. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Ed O'Neill would, too. But I just but love... just
1: thinking that his age would give you... Uh,
0: well, maybe. <laughs> no, I'm not even trying to win. I just love Ed O'Neill. My second pick, Joe Rogan's in top five. I'd love to roll with Joe Rogan. Number two is Maynard James Keenan from the band Tool.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a
0: brown belt now. And All he, right. Nope.
1: No, I no, got to keep no, going. no,
0: no. If you want to find... A good video. Look up the Tool video where Maynard's singing "Push It" and his fan jumps on stage. He fucking lat drops him and then puts him in a rear naked choke and keeps right on singing. Sweet, he is amazing. All right, go ahead. Number two.
1: All right, now I'm gonna take a page out of your book. I'm gonna go number two A. Friday Night Lights. Number two B. It's a good movie. The program. It's a good movie. I cannot, you know, give you. I have to have two A and two B. All
0: right. What's number one then?
1: Number one, just because you could have filmed it at my high school when I was in high school, Varsity Blues. <laughs> All
0: right. So when I when I sent this to you earlier tonight, I was like, "Man, this is an easy question." Then I started thinking about it. Like, this is not an easy question.
1: I have an honorable mention, Brian's song. Oh fuck that movie. That's
0: sad. It is did say it. Uh, but. Man, football. There's a lot of good football movies been made. So my other mentions. I mean, any given Sunday, Necessary Roughness, Longest Yard, Remember Invincible, the Remember the Titans, Waterboy, Friday Night Lights, and even though there's not a single day on a football in this movie, Draft Day with Kevin Costner is a pretty damn good movie. I, it, I love it. All right, my number five, Rudy. Number four, The Replacements with Keanu Reeves. That is a good movie. That's a great movie. When they turn the car over and the two linemen come out and they shoot the window, he's like, you shot my car, you son of a bitch. He goes, son of a bitch, son of a bitch, I'm a son of a bitch, son of a bitch. Uh And just, Great fucking movie. Uh, Number three is also Little Giants. Uh, Number two, Varsity Blues, because not only do I agree that that, could have been my high school football days. It came out when I was in high school. I was a junior when that came out. So that was right in the thick of it. For my me. wife
1: made the mistake of renting that movie when we were dating. Yeah. And she was like, I'll never do that again because you didn't look at me. You didn't talk to me. Nothing. Dude, that like, <laughs> well, you go to prom
0: with me. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, it's great. I mean, just the, the boobies in it is amazing. Miss Davis, but. There's a, a real-life story. Um, when I was coaching a football at one of the schools I was coaching at, you know, I'm in the booth with the headphones on. I'm not on the field. I'm way up there. I'm just by myself. I'm on the, the headphones with offense. Head coach gets pissed off about something. He takes his headphones off. He runs out on the field. And I just – I quote – because we quoted Varsity Blues every single second of the day, me and these two other coaches. And I said, Kim, we're going to eat his ass. Watch Watch this. <laughs> And they laughed so hard on the field that when the head coach put the headphones back on, they were still laughing. And I got my ass chewed out. <laughs> he knew it was me. He knew that it was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, but my number one with a bullet, 100,000% greatest football movie of all times, the program. Come on, man. Latimer.
1: Yeah. It is a good movie.
0: I met him. As a matter of fact, he was a—he actually played Leatherface in the new chain, the oh, yeah. remakes of the Ch- Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The character Latimer in the program. I didn't know they were the same person until I walked up on him. I was like, "Holy shit!" It's <laughs> like you're fucking Latimer, man. Like, starting defense, place at the table. Woo! <laughs> That's a great movie.
1: I will say this with the top five football movies. Um, anyone that's ever played Ever coached And on any level I will say From a coaching standpoint Port? Port I told you man Silver Tongue Devil Coaching standpoint I hate The behind the scenes Of football coaching The Sunday meetings Grading film Ugh With a side of ugh It's just It's awful But Friday nights, it took me two or three years after I stopped coaching football to, you know, not crave that Friday night. With that said,
0: you got, oh, our real-time shout-out. Oh, yeah. As we were recording, we got a new five-star review, and that is amazing. That's never happened before, and it just I happen to get an alert on my phone. Uh, AZ Rancher's Wife, which I'm assuming means Arizona, which is awesome. We got a five-star review. She said, I stumbled upon this podcast, and it's now one of my favorites. The cases they choose, their humor, and well-researched content make for very entertaining and inter- interesting episodes. I highly recommend. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. Thank you. That's amazing. So... Please, if you enjoy the podcast, follow us on our social media, reach out to us, send us a message, send us a case idea. We are open to those. Uh, we're going to try to hit one case out of all 50 states at least. Uh, we've hit about 20 states so far, so we need to hit some more. Them northern states going to be a little difficult, but I think we can do it. Yeah, maybe, but... We need it. We're gonna go back to oh, Arkansas now, pretty hold on. soon too.
1: Talking about user shout
0: outs. Now we're rambling. Yeah, but well, this is good I, I, stuff. It is good stuff. <laughs>
1: but I think this needs to be said. I think you got something on I think you got a tweet this week that said, How the hell can Arlo <laughs> put three syllables in deuces? <laughs> deuces. Deuces. <laughs> I see he's just that good, man. And I believe the guy said, said that's country as shit. He said that's country as fuck. <laughs> and he's right if you only knew about as country as you can get if you only knew where that
0: story come from you'd be like yeah you don't get much more country than that no he said that's yeah country as shit that is chuck ball (laughs) (laughs) said that two days ago on twitter Uh, thank you mr ball and just
1: for you mr ball deuces